You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. It's season 12 of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is the seasonal series from the Sonic Society in which producers and actors from the modern age of audio drama recreate and reproduce classic old-time radio plays. The Playhouse is open to all producers and creators of modern audio drama to bring to a contemporary audience these classic plays. And now, over to the host of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse, waiting in the seat in his balcony, Mr. David Alt. Good evening, and thank you, Jack Ward, for that kind introduction. Welcome back to our balcony seats at the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse, our summer series of brand new recreations of the golden age of radio. Tonight's performance is something unique this season, as Larry Groby presents an original script written by Bob Hope staff writer Robert L. Mills for the Jack Benny program. And now, never before performed at the Playhouse, we present from Project Audion and Larry Groby, Jack Benny, with Jack Goes to the DMV. With voice actors stretching from Hollywood to the East Coast, you're tuned in to Project Audio. Hi, I'm Larry Groby with the Generic Radio Workshop. And I'm here to admit to you today that I'm a collector. I can't pass an antique shop without wanting to go inside and see what cool things might be in there and what great stories they have. Like, like this, which is a program from when Jack Benny came to Dallas in 1954. Now, in 1954, Benny'd been an entertainer since the days of vaudeville. He'd had a top 10 radio show for 20 years. He was moving into television, and his career would have another 20 years to run until 1974 when he made his last public appearances, also in Dallas. Now, let's talk about Benny's radio show. Well, it's on the short list for the best radio comedy series ever. Benny and his quirky cast and recurring gags are the forerunners of shows like Seinfeld. Today's Project Audion episode, well, you won't find a recording of that anywhere because it was written especially for us by one of Bob Hope's own comedy writers, Robert L. Mills. As a child, Robert Mills used to listen to the Jack Benning show on Sunday nights, and his memories, plus his own comedy writing skills, have come together to craft a new Jack Benny episode that sounds just like one of those from 70 years ago. We think our transcontinental cast will do it justice, and you're in for a treat. Inside this program, you know what I found? A ticket stub from 1954 in Dallas. The balcony seats, $1.50. That's all. You know, I think Jack Benny's penny-pinching character would have probably approved. (laughs) 
the Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, the Sportsman Quartet, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the end of the month, and all over America, folks are discovering it's time to pay the piper as the dreaded monthly bills arrive in the mail. It's no different on Roxbury Drive in Beverly Hills at the home of our star, Jack Benny. Jack Benny's residence, star stage, screen, radio, and a horn blows at midnight. (laughs) Hello, Professor LeBlanc. Mr. Bennett told me to tell you he put new strings in his violin and is using the higher quality rosin on his bow and is sorry about causing your nervous breakdown. Uh-huh. Four o'clock? Well, he'll be relieved and no doctors are letting you teach again. Goodbye. Hey, who was that on the phone, Rochester? Professor LeBlanc. He's well enough for your lessons tomorrow. I'm glad he's back. How did he sound? Well, he's able to form full sentences again. <laughs> good, good. Look, will you help me go through this, these bills that just arrived in the mail? Okay, boss. Show us a big pile of them. Open that one on top. It's from the May Company. Pass balance due, 1050. Gee, I thought I paid that one last month. I bought Mary a hat she admired in the window. Wait, there's a note attached. Just because the recipient used to work here doesn't entitle you to a discount. <laughs> well, from now on, Rochester, remind me to shop at J.C. Penny. How much is the next one? Five dollars. Looks like a surcharge on your telephone bill. Five dollars? That's ridiculous. I signed up for their most inexpensive plan, the I Hate Alexander Graham Bell special. (laughs) Yeah, the one where you had to share a party line with 20 strangers? What's wrong with that? Some of them listen in and sell bootleg copies of your jokes to Fred Allen. I think Hope may be buying a few, too. (laughs) Say, who's that next one from? The Public Library. You've been fined $1.35 for an overdue book. Which one? A Tale of Two Cities. Now, that's highway robbery. I quit reading it after only one city. (laughs) You're lucky it wasn't one piece. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. What's wrong now? Here's a notice from the Department of Motor Vehicles. Says here, this is the last day to renew your driver's license. Last day? Has it been five years already? Yeah, and there's a warning attached. We will no longer accept the note from Dr. Louis Pasteur in lieu of birth certificate. <laughs> look at, look at, look at, never mind that. I'll bring along my birth certificate this time. While I get it out of the vault, Why don't you take the Maxwell out for a test drive? It's been sitting in the garage for months. Good idea, Mr. Benny. I'll swing back and pick you up. And Rochester, if you have any problems, take it to my mechanic, Jose. He's intimately acquainted with the Maxwell's 
unique idiosyncrasies. I know. The last time I drove the Maxwell, it dropped three idiosyncrasies in the middle of Beverly Boulevard. <laughs> See you later. What a great valet. What would I do without Rochester? Answer the telephone myself, that's what. Hello, Jack Benny's residence. Star of stage, screen, radio, and the whole... Oh, save your breath, Mr. Benny. It's me, Dennis. Oh, hello, Dennis. Have you picked out a song for the show? Yeah, The Rose of Tralee. But that's why I called. I'm having a problem with it. Problem? What kind of problem? Well, so far I haven't figured out why Rose is taking the trolley instead of the bus. <laughs> the trolley instead of the bus? What possible difference could it make? Oh, big difference, Mr. Benny. I, I, see, I'm like an actor. Oh, I can't do justice to a song unless I know what my motivation is. Your motivation? Isn't your salary enough motivation? Oh, my mother says my salary barely qualifies as an incentive. <laughs> you know, I couldn't even sing Mersey Dotes and Dozy Dotes until I asked a farmer to let me watch his horse actually eating some oats. I hate to ask, but how did you manage to watch a doe eating oats? Oh, the farmer had a petting zoo. <laughs> Well, 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 bring your music tomorrow, and I'm sure you can work it out with Phil. Goodbye, Dennis. Oh, goodbye, please. What a crazy kid. Now, who's that? I'll never get to the DMV. Come in. Hello, Jack. Oh, hello, Mary. I'm just on my way to the DMV to renew my driver's license. Rochester is out test driving the Maxwell. I thought so. The black smoke is visible all the way down to Melrose. <laughs> Must be the alcohol. The Maxwell runs on alcohol? Where do you buy it? Oh, oh, I don't. I just have one of Phil's boys breathe into the tank. <laughs> Say, while you're at the DMV, make sure they replace that terrible photo they took last time. Terrible? I thought I looked rather dashing in that military uniform. Dashing? You were dressed as a Nazi. <laughs> well, I was in the middle of shooting to be or not to be with Carol Lombard over at United Artists. Some uniform. With that swagger stick, you looked like Eric Von Binning. <laughs> I did, didn't I? Even the DMV clerk clicked his heels. <laughs> this time, why don't you wear that nice mohair jacket you wore to the dinner at the Coleman's last week? Good idea, Mary. Maybe I will. Now, who could that be? Come in. Hiya, Jackson. Hello, Libby. Bill. Bill. Phil, what are you doing here? Okay, I know it's a little early, but, but I'm here for the rehearsal. Phil, the rehearsal's tomorrow. Tomorrow? Well, no wonder the boys didn't call me this morning to bail them out. That's too bad. I can't rehearse tomorrow. Can't rehearse? 
Why not? I'll I'll be at my Alcoholics Unanimous meeting. Don't you mean Alcoholics Anonymous? No, it's unanimous. <laughs> the whole band joined. In fact, some of them are already working on the seven-step program. Isn't it called the 12-step program? Uh, yeah, but they're still trying to call up, crawl up them steps just to get into the building. Well, it's about time you and the band stopped treating life like a 24-hour speakeasy. You're right, Jackson. It finally dawned on me. I just had to get rid of all those deadbeat relatives. Deadbeat relatives? Yeah, Jim Bean, Johnny Walker, Jack Daniels, I.W. Harper. And Jose Cuervo when Cesar Romero is a guest. Hey, good one, Libby. <laughs> ah, but don't worry, Jackson. I'll have Frankie Remley sit in for me. Frankie Remley? The last time he subbed for you, the boys ended up dunking the sportsman's quartet in my pool. Uh, yeah, but you had the cleanest singers in radio. Uh, Oh, Harris, you did it again, you dimpled genie of jocularity. Okay, I'll let it slide this time, dimples. But miss one more rehearsal, and you'll be replaced by Guy Lombardo. <laughs> yeah, you're a regular Georgia peach, you are. Uh, so long, Jackson. Bye, Liddy. What a guy. What a guy. If you, if you weren't so fond of Alice, I'd let Petrillo have him back. Well, I won't hold you up, Jack. This letter came today from my sister, babe. Oh, good, good. What does she say? Let's see. She writes, Yesterday, your Uncle Horatio was paroled from Sing Sing. Sing Sing? The prison? Well, it's not Juilliard. <laughs> we were all so proud of him. He was elected president of his fraternity, Beta Gamma Death Row, and was voted most likely to go straight. That's wonderful, Mary. Does she say anything else? She says, must close now. He's coming to live with me, and I'm busy counting the silverware. Bye, Jack. <laughs> Mary and her crazy relatives. Glad she remembered that, Jack, but I think I left it at the Coleman's. I'll have to stop by there after I pick up my birth certificate. Gee, I haven't been down here in ages. I forgot it's so dark and chilly. Bella Lugosi called it homey. <laughs> I hope I remember the combination of my safe. <laughs> Sounds like those iron hinges are getting a little rusty. Hello, Oscar. Hi, Alvin. I hope the alligators have been getting enough exercise. <laughs> There, friend or foe? It's just me, Ed. Oh, hello, Mr. Benny. Long time no see. Yes, it has. I just need to get my birth certificate for the Department of Motor Vehicles. Vehicles have motors now? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Powered by gasoline. 
alcohol if you know any musicians. I'll, I'll just be a minute with this combination lock. Should I close my eyes? No, no, I trust you. Well, well, maybe if you could just squint a little bit. Forty-five right. Sixty left. Fifteen right. One ten left. Well, the alarm still works. Switch that off. Ah, there's the documents folder. Hmm. Here's my autographed copy of the Gettysburg Address. My discharge, my discharge papers from the Navy. Mary's right, I did look better in an American uniform. My first contract with NBC. My Jell-O stock certificates. Gee, I own shares in all six flavors. Ah, here it is. My birth certificate. Well, I'm off to the DMV. Thanks, Ed. My pleasure, Mr. Benny. Uh, tell me, is Mr. Roosevelt still the president? <laughs> why, why, no. No, he isn't. Eisenhower was elected last time. General Eisenhower? Isn't he busy with World War II? <laughs> no, no, no. See, uh... Next time, I'll bring you a newspaper from Ronald Coleman's driveway. Gosh, what a beautiful day. No wonder Mary could see smoke from the Maxwell from so far away. Hmm. I see Joan Crawford has been walking her great Dan on my lawn again. Hey, that looks like the mailman. No, it's Mr. Kitzel. Mr. Benny! Hello again. Mr. Kitzel, Mr. Kitzel, what, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm passing out campaign flyers for my cousin Abe Kitzel, who's running for city council in Inglewood. Inglewood? Why are you campaigning in Beverly Hills? Because Beverly Hills is so much safer. <laughs> The car I'm in Inglewood, ho ho! Here, have a flyer. Thanks. Vote for Kitzel. He'll put more spritzel in your Wiener Schnitzel. Spritzel? <laughs> I came up with that one myself. But I never knew the Kitzels were interested in public service. Oh, yes, our history in politics goes way back. My Uncle Jaime was campaign manager for Wendell Wilkie. Campaign manager? Wow. Oh, that's nothing. My great-grandfather Saul Kitzel was a speechwriter for Franklin Roosevelt. I, in fact, I, he wrote the famous quote, The only thing we have to fear is... The only thing we have to fear is... Uh, fear itself? No, he wrote Mrs. Roosevelt and was fired. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Benny. Ah, 
golly, it was good to see Mr. Kitzel again. The Colemans have such a beautiful home. Not as nice as mine, but what a beautiful brass doorbell button. Ronnie and Benita are so British. I hope they're here. Oh, hello, Mr. Benny. Hello, Jarvis. Are the Colemans home? No, they're at the studio rehearsing their new show, The Halls of Ivy. New show? Gee, they never mentioned it. I wonder why they haven't asked me to appear as a guest. They discussed that, Mr. Benny, but decided since it's set on a college campus, you just wouldn't fit in. <laughs> really? I study violin with Professor LeBlanc. Doesn't that count? <laughs> I, I, I just stopped by to pick up the jacket I left here last week. Very good, sir. I'll retrieve it. Oh, no, no need, Jarvis. I can grab it from the cloakroom and let myself out. Very good, sir. I was right in the middle of Portia Face's life. <laughs> I'll be just a minute. Gosh, the Colemans have such nice furniture. Not as nice as mine, but ah, here's the closet. Wow, this looks like the wardrobe department at MGM. There's the jacket Ronnie wore in A Tale of Two Cities. And the one he wore in The Prisoner of Zenda. And here's the one from Lost Horizon. Hmm. I wonder if it would fit me. Fits like a glove. Think I'll borrow this for the photo. I, I'm, I'm sure Ronnie wouldn't mind. Lock the front door from the inside. Wow, this jacket looks even better in the sunlight. Think I'll cut through the Coleman's Rose Garden. Mister, hey mister, could you please turn that thing down? See? <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt your work, but is that the quietest leaf blower you've got? See? <laughs> you're, you're not the Coleman's regular gardener. Are you subbing for him? See? <laughs> What's his name again? Sai. Sai? See. <laughs> I see. Is Sai taking a sick day? See. <laughs> I'm almost afraid to ask this next question. What's the matter with him? Sty. Sty? See. Well, it's nice for you to fill in for him. What's your name? Stu. <laughs> See. Well, Stu, 
I'll just be a minute. Then you can carry on. See. <laughs> And on your right, the home of Jack Benny, star of stage, screen, radio, supermarket openings. Gosh, I hope they don't see me. I don't have enough time to sign autographs right now. Maybe if I stand real still. Unfortunately, Mr. Benny's not at home. We just saw the smoke from his wax well down on Melrose Boulevard. But next door is the beautiful home of Ronald and Benita Coleman. And we're in luck. There's a new scarecrow in their rose garden. And he's wearing Mr. Coleman's jacket from Lost Horizon. Bet I'm the best-dressed scarecrow in Beverly Hills. And after we finish our tour of stars' homes in Beverly Hills, we'll visit the homes of stars in Anaheim, Azusa, and Cucamonga. I, I, I just can't seem to get away from these crazy cities. Hey, there's a convertible in my driveway. It's Don Wilson. I'm over here, Don. What are you doing in Ronald Coleman's driveway? I mean, isn't that his... Jacket from Lost Horizon? It's a long story, Don. I just ran into Rochester over on Camden Drive trying to fix your broken-down Maxwell. Broken down? What's wrong with it? While he was under the hood, he mentioned something about a loose idiosyncrasy. <laughs> well, that's too bad. Look, he was supposed to drive me to the DMV today. Well, I can take it, Jack. I'm picking up next week's commercial copy at the ad agency right on the way. Hop in. Well, folks, we're really in luck today. There's Jack Benny's announcer, Don Wilson, and it looks like he's stealing that scarecrow from the Coleman's Rose Garden. <laughs> What's that all about? I'll tell you about it along the way. See... After I got my birth certificate out of the vault, I went over to Ronald Coleman's house, and then I went to see. And so, and then, I, then I ran into a guy I thought was the Coleman's gardener, and then I... Uh-oh. Uh What's the matter, Don? Flashing red light. Better pull over, and let me do all the talking. I know how to handle authority figures. I handled God and the horn blows at me. May I see your driver's license and registration, sir? Certainly, officer. Was I speeding? Look, look, at he's totally innocent, officer. I was an eyewitness. I saw the whole thing. He didn't notice that stop sign. Oh, so he went through a stop sign, too. Did I say stop sign? I, I, I meant red light. That, that's it. He drove right through that red light on Pico. Let's see. So far, that's three moving violations. Care to try for four? <laughs> but it wasn't his fault. It was, it was my fault. I was distracting him. See, this morning, I was mistaken for a scarecrow. Let, I... let, let, let me take this down. 
mistaken for a scarecrow. Yes, yes, yes. And then Don, the suspect here, he looked like he was kidnapping. And so but he- kidnapping? That's serious. Do you care to press charges? Press charges? No, no, no. It was an understandable mistake since I was wearing somebody else's jacket. So you stole that jacket? Hey, wait a minute. I'd know that voice anywhere. Aren't you? Why, yes. Now that you've noticed, I plead guilty. It's me, all right? I, I, I can't believe it's you in person. I've been a fan for years. I love everything you've ever done. Why, thank you. Thank you. I always appreciate my loyal fans. In fact, this has been such a thrill. I'm tearing up the ticket. Thank you, officer. I'll be more careful. Wait till I tell the guys at the station I met Ronald Coleman. <laughs> The city hall is so big. Let's see. Room 320, water department. Room 322, gas and electricity. Room 324, dog catcher. Hmm. Nice picture of Lassie. <laughs> ah, here we are. The Department of Motor Vehicles. There's a free clerk. Oh, clerk, clerk. I'm here to renew my driver's license. Oh, aren't we all? <laughs> it's not every day someone waltzes in here wearing Ronald Coleman's jacket from Lost Horizon. Just my luck, I get a film buff. Here's my current license. Mm, oh, it spires today. Oh, we really are playing it close, aren't we? Look, it may, maybe, but I'm here now. So would you just mind just, just renewing my license? Ooh, I see you're German. I was born... I was born in Waukegan, Illinois. See, I was filming To Be or Not To Be. Did you happen to see it? To see or not to see? I chose not to see. Everybody's a critic. Look, can you just get on with it, please? Well, how about I copy this information from your old license? Is that fast enough for you, Mr. Von Benny? <laughs> now cut that out. Enough with the wisecracks. <clears throat> Height, 5 feet, 10 inches. Weight, 175 pounds. Eyes, oh, I can't quite make this out. Bluer than the feet of a Sicilian wine <laughs> My, they are, aren't they? Let's see, age, uh, C note from Dr. Louis Pasteur. I know, I know. Louis is not good enough for you. Here's my birth certificate. <clears throat> my, my, we may have to send this to our historical document section for analysis. I can barely read. It says right there. 39. Hmm. 
Oh, that's 1839. <laughs> so we're going to quibble over two little numbers. Oh, you're right. You know, you look so young in that jacket, I'm going to let it slide this time. <clears throat> Tell me, has your eyesight changed over the past five years? I don't think so. Can you read the chart hanging on the wall over there? Certainly. L-S-M-F. Hey, hey, isn't that the lucky strike means find tobacco slogan? <laughs> well, somebody has to pay for this show. <laughs> My writers can be so clever sneaking in a commercial. Now, let's replace that lousy picture we took last time. Step behind the red line while I focus the camera. Okay, how's this? Hmm, uh, turn your head a little to the left. No, no, a, a little to the right. Mm. What, what seems to be the problem? Oh, we can still see that cheap toupee. <laughs> Look, just, just, just take the picture. Step back a little so we can see more of Ronald Coleman's jacket. Now, watch the birdie. How did I look? Like you found the lost horizon and lost it again. <laughs> well, everything seems to be in order. Take this driver's test over there to that table and bring it back to me when you're finished. Okay. Can I keep the pencil? Oh, sorry. You know, we've had that one for three years now, and we've grown very attached to it. <laughs> well, no harm in asking. <laughs> There's a vacant seat, but it's, it's getting close to lunchtime. Maybe I'll buy a candy bar from that vending machine first. Psst, a bug. <laughs> I'm sorry, are, are you speaking to me? Yeah, what are you doing? Well, I was about to buy a candy bar from this machine. Uh, what kind of candy bar? A Baby Ruth. Uh-uh. <laughs> Why not? Because Baby Ruth is unsteady on her feet and too slow out of the gate for a two-year-old. <laughs> What's your second pick? Charleston Chew. Uh-uh. <laughs> Why not? Because Charleston Chew is sticky on the back stretch and crumbles in the final turn. <laughs> and then what, what, what would you suggest? Go with Milky Way. Why Milky Way? Well, let's just say it's written in the stars. <laughs> Hey, uh, isn't that Ronald Coleman's jacket? Yes, it is. And I picked it out all by myself. So long, bud. What a strange man. I think I'll sit over here and complete my test. Congratulations! You answered all the questions correctly, except one. Which one did I miss? <clears throat> when your car won't stop on a dime, what should you do? Instead of check the brake fluid, you said, get out and pick up the dime. That was a trick question and you know it. Just for that, I'm keeping the pencil. <laughs> 
The Jack Benny program was created by Sam Heron, Milt Joseph Berg, George Balter, John Tackerberry, Al Gordon, and Hal Goldman, and written by Robert L. Mills, produced and transcribed by Hilliard March, and is heard by our armed forces overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Network. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That's our show for today. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, share it with your friends, and write us and tell us. Until next time, thanks for listening. And another shining, stellar performance at the Playhouse as the crowd shows their appreciation to Project Audion and Larry Groby for this hilarious Jack Benny play. Be sure to join us next week at the Playhouse for another double feature of... Who? You might ask. Why? The Shadow Knows. <laughs> And that concludes this week's performance of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, features, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their respective copyright holders and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society and a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network and any shows that continue their run must receive express permission from all parties involved. Join us next week for another new classic. With thanks to our announcer, Jack Ward, I'm your host, David Alt. Good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. This is Jack Ward, and on behalf of everyone here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you, your family, and all your friends safe harbor during these difficult times.